1: This crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout, steps with first face. McCutcheon's throw, the runner breaks to the plate, here's the throw, he wow. is out, the goes win! That ball's hit well to left center field, back toward the track, and that ball is gone! You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got our co-host, Jim Rosati. Jim, welcome to Monday Morning. How are you doing today?
0: Um, I'm sunburnt. I got real sunburnt this From weekend. that
1: 60-degree weather yesterday.
0: That's what it was. I was not expecting it to be as warm as it was. And and yeah, my arms got, I got real red.
1: <laughs> it's an Italian. I'm
0: going to be peeling in a little bit, probably.
1: <laughs> nice. Well, as most people know, and if not, you did go to the Cincinnati Reds game yesterday. As the score would dictate.
0: Well, here's the thing. Like, no, no, normally, I don't want to hear there's the thing. There's no on, excuse. Hold on. No, here's the thing. It's it wasn't a blow, it wasn't like a complete blowout, which is what I'm normally accustomed to seeing in games. I mean the pirates were winning until the sixth inning.
1: Yeah, until Colmorant showed up to the plate.
0: Until Dylan Peters started pitching to in <laughs> final <laughs> strike zone.
1: Yeah, that too. Very un 2022 Dylan Peters like, but I mean, no, no, you know, you're right. Like, it wasn't a 21 nothing blowout or a 10 nothing blowout, you know, like you're accustomed to, as you mentioned, but it was the four win Cincinnati Reds that the Pirates had a good enough and comfortable enough lead that you think they would win it. And Dylan Peters walked the bases and then ultimately the grand slam to Colin Moran, second time of the day. Awesome. Awesome. So thanks for I think it was, thanks for coming.
0: Yeah. I think it was you who tweeted it out, but this team the offense isn't good enough for that first reliever out of the bullpen to be bad. Like if if Will Crow or Dylan Peters don't have it, the offense isn't good enough to recover from it. That's that's basically yeah. What
1: happened? Yep. No, I think, somewhat like that. Yeah, I put out like if if Peters, mm-hmm. Crow and Bednar don't have their A game, this team's toast. And that's yeah. pretty much what it is. Yeah. Like they they mm-hmm. don't like they have to come out and give you their best. Pretty much. Yeah. Now, obviously, this wasn't near Dylan Peters' best yesterday. Yeah, but- this was
0: this was <laughs> Dylan Peters' worst. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, that this this was about as bad as it could get.
1: But I guess you know we can we can definitely talk a little bit about this uh, this series coming up. I mean, since our last show, Jim, it seemed like every game got postponed. Uh, you know, we had yeah. we had NS9 live Thursday, which you know showed on Friday, which wasn't a whole lot of games to talk about. And I feel like on this show we we were supposed to have four games to talk about of the Red Series, and we we'll only get three. But let's talk about the series. Didn't go too well. Especially the tone of our show last time. Like, hey, at least we get the face threats coming up. They've only got three wins. It's going to be a display of just bad baseball. It was for the Pirates. Well, let's start with
0: game one on Saturday. Andrew Knapp gets thrown out of the game. For yelling at the third base umpire. Right. And then the very next inning... Roberto Perez goes down with what seems to be, based off of all reports, a bad injury um, that's going to keep him out for quite a bit of time. At that point, the game was actually going pretty well. Pitching was was going well. <clears throat> I felt like, you know, the Pirates could probably pull it off against the Reds bullpen. Um, but then <clears throat> you have to put Josh Van Meter in to catch because we don't have any more catchers at this point. Um, And that's when things just went completely off the rail. Um, I mean, he couldn't frame any pitches, so strikes were being called balls the entire inning, which really that's on the umpire. Like, I don't understand how all of a sudden you can't call strikes just because, you know, you don't really have a catcher behind you, but it was bad. Um, That whole inning was just everything that could go wrong went wrong um pass balls wild pitches that he couldn't block um and, and you could also tell that the pitchers throwing to him were de- they were just uncomfortable i mean it was one of those things where i think as a pitcher you're probably like oh man i've got a i've got a pitch perfect here because i'm not throwing to a catcher you just got to throw strikes like into the zone and it and it got it, it got to the pitcher's heads i think uh which ended up Causing a, uh, what was like a seven run inning? Like, so van meter goes in to catch and then they immediately score seven runs. Um, rough, rough game. So like, I don't even really chalk that up as like a real game. Like as soon as van meter was entering the game to catch, it was over. Like there was absolutely no way you were winning that game. It wasn't going to happen. Right. Right. And so it's like, all right, whatever. Um, Second game of the doubleheader. They played well. They won. You know that was that was a good game. Um, I, I really like what we're seeing lately out of uh, Brian Reynolds. So again, we we kind of talked about it on Thursday a little bit. Tyler said, you know, he was never gone, but he was definitely <laughs> gone for a bit there. Like he was gone for a oh, bit Oh, for sure. Um, but he's putting together some nice at bats now. Um, he homered in the second game yesterday. I mean that's Saturday homered yesterday, so hopefully we're back to like normal. Brian Reynolds, that would be nice. But and for then sure. you can't really, yeah, and you can't really say anything about that. You can't not mention Ben Gamble's day on Saturday too.
1: Let's just mention his whole week. Uh, it's been a hell of a week for Ben Gamble. Yeah, it has been. I mean, it was just two double
0: headers basically. The two double headers, he just went off. Um but yeah, he's he uh he, I mean just last week basically turned him into a productive hitter for the season. Going into last week, I don't think he was even above like a hundred weighted runs created plus, and now he's
1: well over. Yeah, I tweeted something the other day <laughs> or yesterday, and I you know I forget the exact numbers. I think I want to say something as in, like, on April 30th, I think it was like a 671 OPS he had, something like that. Mm -hmm. And then, this is before yesterday's game, of course, too. But And then last week, he had a 1,000. He had a 1,500 OPS just in last week, which got him to, like, the 870-something OPS he has in the season like that. Yeah, it's been ridiculous. Uh, So, right. He is, since Detroit, right, the series you're mentioning of, 22 plate appearances, Ten hits, two doubles, one triple, one home run. Like he's batting four seventy six, two seventy-four weighted run created plus. This week, like you said, is basically like just made the season look look really good. Yeah. Where before it was looking um, kind of very pedestrian.
0: Yeah. No, he uh he had a really, really good week. Um Reynolds had a good week. So like Reynolds weighted runs created plus, even after that that abysmal stretch there it's 113 now so you know he's he's in that above average major league hitter range now um which is good to see and if he can keep creeping that up uh we should we should
1: be back to normal with brian reynolds with brian reynolds there you go yeah Yeah, like again good thing is seeing brian reynolds turning around being more like himself that's gonna be huge uh you know, obviously, you'd want to have him and Ke'Bryan Hayes in the lineup. That that might have potentially helped yesterday, but that we didn't about that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. because I know like, you want to. This is my alley-oop to you. Uh, this is my Le- Dwayne Wade right here. Like, I get, I get that it was a doubleheader Saturday,
0: right? But the Pirates just played, just had four off days in five days. So Ke'Bryan Hayes didn't play Monday he didn't play tuesday he played wednesday he didn't play thursday he didn't play friday he played saturday and then you give him an off day on sunday the guy just had four off days what why does he need an off day i mean unless like there was something like hey you know i'm i'm sore i'm but but i don't i don't i don't buy that He's a 24 year old athlete who just had four (laughs) off days. Like he, he just had four off days. Um, and why was it that he couldn't play, but every other person who played both days of the doubleheader, they were fine. Like, this is, this is what I'm talking about when I'm just like, I I get when, like it was probably a, a scheduled off day. Like, it was probably like a week ago. They were like, hey, Key Ryan. Next Sunday, you're sitting, right? Road game, Sunday, getaway day, you're going to take the day off.
1: Already a scheduled doubleheader on Saturday.
0: Yeah. But then once you realize that he just had four days off for the week, why aren't you like, all right, yeah, you don't really need this off day anymore. <laughs> like." His dad, Charlie Hayes, tweeted, he just tweeted yeah. out, he was just like, what? <laughs> right, right. Because, like, for real, like, the he's a 24-year-old. Like, we're not talking about, like, a 38-year-old person who, like, you know, is wearing down. Like, we're talking about somebody who's, like, in peak physical condition in the prime of his life. He just had four days off. And now you're giving him another one. It's stupid. It's so dumb
1: so dumb i hear you i hear you and like in this ties into the fact that right like so be it if this is something where they schedule these days off you know in advance like i get the macro level of of looking at this right but then there is that micro and you have to make those adjustments like i don't understand like if this was his scheduled sunday off well you make that adjustment as you mentioned you've had all these days off so why stick with it you can make daily adjustments, too, as you should. That's good management, right? And I don't understand it either. I don't get it. He should have been in the lineup. Like you said, Like, why couldn't he be in the lineup and everyone else could? I don't understand. I don't know. And I'm not here to say that he would have been the difference. Like Dylan Peters did Dylan Peters things. And not bringing in Bednar in that situation also led to it instead of you know bringing in Henry and you know, is your choice like that ultimately was the reason. but Cabrian Hayes certainly could have probably helped that team. He probably makes those plays that Chavis that Chavis made which by the way, Chavis made some good plays. like I'm not taking away from Chavis. however yeah. that throw maybe Cabrian makes hmm. it and that's an out. you know so like there are some things that Cabrian Hayes can do, which is what leads him to being a very very good athlete that wasn't done yesterday. And again, like I'm not here to say he changed the game by him out. He, they they would have won if he was in. But Cabrian Hayes in the lineup certainly helps. <laughs> That's for sure. And I don't understand yeah. why he couldn't play, why he had to have that day off. Just like you said. Next, you know, a week from now, like I can get it. Like there's going to be, you know, a number of games played in a row now. There's this three game series against the Dodgers and another four game series against the Reds. You want to say next Sunday? Like, I absolutely understand that. But I don't think you have to sit them today to get them ready for next, tomorrow's game. Yeah, I, I I don't get it. I just I don't get it. I don't either. So we're on the same page. Yeah.
0: You brought up a good point too with bringing in Hembry and not Bednar. I think my one thing I would say there is like, maybe they didn't have Bednar even up and warming up. Like, because they didn't, they didn't even think they were going to really be in that situation. You know, mm-hmm. like, do you even get Bednar loose? Like once Dylan Peters gives up that bloop single and then walks a guy, right? Like, does it really creep up into your head to get Bednar up? Like to, to get him going in the sixth inning? I don't, I don't know. So I, I give Sheldon maybe a little bit of a pass there just cause I don't know if you can expect to be in that situation. Um, So, I don't know. I, I I give him a little bit of a pass
1: there. I, I don't know. Th- this one, to me, hurt yeah. a little bit. For as much and like we have, and maybe all things fair, we've talked up on his bullpen usage this year. Like, he has done very, very well with the bullpen. This one, yeah. to me, seemed a little off. Like, for all the praise we've given you, this one, to me, was bad. And, okay, so fine. It, you could use that excuse for Bednar. Henry stinks. <laughs> and I know there's not too many other options in this bullpen either. Like, I get it. I understand. Like, you saw Chase Young come in too. I mean, Hembry stinks. He stinks. He's, He's that, bad. That, that, so, if you want to give the pass on not Bednar, why Hembry? Because regardless, even if it wasn't at that situation, the situation was creeping up. Henry's not the guy to shut that down.
0: He's not. <laughs> but He's the one again, that's going to open up even I worse. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't know if you, like once you, I mean, Dylan Peters is still the guy who walked three people in a row.
1: Yes. And and trust me, like it's, it's his. Fault. And,
0: and so it's like, you know, how do we, how do we do this here? Um, Maybe you could have gotten Bednar up, like, with the bases loaded, nobody out, you get him up, and then once he walks, like, I don't know how quick Bednar can get ready. Most relievers can get ready relatively quickly if they're they're working, if they're trying to. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you don't want to go to Hembry in that situation, and as soon as I saw Hembree coming in from the bullpen, I was just like, this is not going to go well. This stinks. Um, <laughs> this stinks. Because um, God, yeah, he's terrible. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I can really put that on him, though. Honestly, I just don't think y- you don't have a lot to work with out there. Like, if it's not if it's not Stratton, I mean, I guess you could go with Stratton there. Right. Yes, so, right. It, I, I know, like, they you know, did
1: use, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You I don't give that to you. But, yeah, like, I get it, right? As we joked, yeah. like, last year, too, like, you, you want to complain about the bullpen usage, but when he has a bunch of terrible bullpen arms, that yeah. really is never the right decision. I think you maybe could have even, you could have gone Crow there. I mean,
0: I know he pitched an inning in a third the day before, so he, yeah. he was probably still good to go. Like, I would have been okay with Crow or Stratton in that situation. hembury clearly wasn't the guy to call upon there. Um, He did get the big strikeout, like his first hitter, but then he had a grand slam in Colin Moran. You just can't. You can't do that. It's Colin Moran. Colin Moran was just being an absolutely abysmal hitter this season, and then all of a sudden he faces the Pirates and just
1: goes off. (laughs) Right. Yeah. There's – I mean, there's no way to put it. Like, Col Moran has been terrible, absolutely terrible this year. Like, I think as far as W, way to run credit plus coming into yesterday's game, I yeah. think it was at, like, 37. Uh, and then yesterday's game, now it's at, like, a 74, something like that. I mean, he, like, just doubled yeah. his season's worth in one game. So, good well, job. For the, for-
0: yeah, for the entire season, he had zero home runs, and he only had eight hits. He had one double. That was his only extra base hit of the entire season. So we're talking about somebody like with worse than Yoshi numbers. Yeah. Essentially. Mm-hmm. And he hits two home runs in big spots um,
1: yesterday. Right. Yeah. So like that game sucked and it sucked for that reason. And like it's just really unfortunate. And the reason I say that too was what an outing by Zach Thompson. Like I know, you know, we give a lot of these players some shit, although a lot of it's due, and there's reason. Zach Thompson's been, <clears throat> excuse me, a big part of that reason. You know, he hasn't looked good this year. There was like that that I keep going back that middle part of Milwaukee where it looked good, and like and outside of that, he's really just been terrible. He pitched his ass off yesterday. He did really well. And what I didn't know until after the game, as well, to give him even more props, was he was apparently very sick, according to Alex Stump. yeah so being sick also and then given that performance kudos zach thomas he goes five innings which again like just that in itself kudos to pirates pitcher but he goes five innings only two hits no walks six strikeouts and he was in line for the win for the very first Pirates starting pitcher to get a win which doesn't happen thank you dylan peters and henry but was Was that the first time a pirate starter had even been in line for a win uh, you know that's a good question. If he's ever been in line, I I think it I th- was. I can't guarantee that, so don't quote me. But I think so. Also, yeah, yeah. There's also, can we we'll talk about, about, about this, how second. absurd? Can we we'll talk about how
0: absurd that is? It's May 9th.
1: Yes, yes. And let's, the pirates do that. don't.
0: And the pirates don't have a
1: win by their starting pitchers. I mean that's just dumb. <laughs> Most like every starting pitcher has more wins than the Pirates starting pitcher. Like every starting pitcher today.
0: I think I saw something, a stat yesterday, about, so we're facing the Dodgers, right? Um, Today, we're facing the Dodgers today. Yep. And I I think the Dodgers starting pitching has like 17 wins. They're
1: like 17-2, and something stupid like that. Like I want to know the percentage of all MLB fifth starters. How many of those players have more wins than Pirates starters? Which is one. Like all you need is one. But like you're a fifth starter for this, like the fifth starter for the Cincinnati Reds. Like how many wins does that person have? And they only have five on the year. Yeah, I, I mean they're the last team.
0: They still don't have a they've set basically a modern baseball record right I and mean, yeah. this is a record that they yeah. that they're going on right now i don't even know if it's a modern baseball record i think it's a record because even non-modern baseball all you had was starting pitcher so i guess somebody had to win so, so that makes sense um yeah they they so we're now how many how many games have we played 27 27 games now to start the season without a win by a starting pitcher that's Absolutely bonkers.
1: Like, put, I don't even know how to put it in perspective. I don't. Like, think about if they got one win today, which I mean, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's the Dodgers and Uriah. Yeah. Like, it's not going <laughs> to happen. But imagine a starting pitcher got a, a, a win today and you're like on a one month pace. Yeah. Think about that. One starting win. Like you're gonna have like six wins maybe of a starting pitcher all year when most starters have like at least six wins on a season. Like that's nothing. That's the pace you're at for a team. (laughs) How
0: long can they keep this up? I think that's my real question. Like I at this point, I hope I want it I want it to go forever.
1: Like I'm with you.
0: Like we're at the point now where we're far enough in the season that I want to see this thing go as long as possible um and what's going to be funny about it is like dylan peters is going to have like 18 wins
1: <laughs> yes uh, right yeah. well actually <laughs> dylan, unfortunately well, not unless if he's, he's used opening. as the opener yeah. right that's true if he but keeps like doing peters that is hemry has what, the second most lead wins on our team hemry has two wins that's crazy He's two and zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Peters has three.
0: Yeah, I feel like you just got Peters has to be that guy. Peters has to be that guy to come in and in the fourth or fifth inning and just steal a bunch of wins. Like I want Dylan Peters to be like
1: an eighteen and three pitcher. So could you imagine? <clears throat> so Dylan Peters is kind of doing Dylan Peters this year. He has an 18-3 and three record at the end of the year, right? He's he's pitched 98 innings. He's got a 2.36 ERA. <laughs> In the Cy Young conversation.
0: <laughs> like, is he? <laughs> I mean, so right now, just to let you know, he right now he's on pace for 97 innings. Okay. Um, and Something's he closed. is on pace for, let's see, 18 wins. He's on pace to go 18 and 6.
1: <laughs> I guess a reliever, you have 18 wins. Yeah. Like, are you not let's in Cy conversation?
0: Yeah, I want to see it. I want to see it. 18 and weird. 6, Dylan Peters.
1: Yeah. Like, that should be the motto, once again, for the Pirates, but that should be the motto. Like, let's get weird. And it just thinks that yesterday's gains like Mm -hmm. propelled his ERA to a 318, which is still solid. But I mean, it was ridiculously good. He had no wait 216.
0: It's 216 now. Even after that pathetic performance, it's still 216.
1: What am I seeing? Why do I see? I don't know what you're seeing. I don't know. What are you looking at? Oh, my bad. I'm looking at him as specifically just a reliever. Okay. Uh, Okay. That's why. That's why. My bad. Let me change this to just pitching. Um, so the so fine. Yeah. Definitely really, really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's, yeah, like you said, let's get weird. Let's have a Dylan Peters 18 win season. Let's see if he can get to 20. That would be. That would be a storyline going into September. Can Dylan Peters get twenty wins? Like a yeah, third of absolutely. our wins are
1: Dylan Peters. Um, I like so great. I have yeah, I have all pictures up. Yeah, definitely looks a lot different now. So three, mm-hmm. <laughs> that three number goes to two sixteen now. Um, uh, still very very solid. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a superb number. So like imagine that ERA mm-hmm. ninety eight wins. I'm sorry, ninety eight innings two sixteen ERA. 18 wins. I'm for it. And you say, like, let's I mean, get weird, but essentially that is what they're doing. Like, they are getting weird. That's what they've been doing. Their starting pitchers go yeah. four innings, and then, like, these guys come in for three and, and scoop up the wins, hold it mm-hmm. down. Like, I don't think this is non-sustainable in that sense because that's what they are doing. Yeah, I mean there is definitely a possibility where
0: Dylan Peters just goes out there and wins like one game a week. Yeah. Like it's if that's
1: not outside the realm of possibility. Right. That's kind of what I'm getting at. <clears throat> like, I yeah. don't know, like the ERA, like that stuff's not sustainable. Like he's oh, it's coming. It's probably it's normalizing probably now, but like it wasn't gonna mm-hmm. no hit everybody the rest of the year and such. Right. Like that stuff's yeah. normalizing, but his usage seems to be what it is. Like he is going to give you these outings and such. So like just hoarding those wins is something that I think is sustainable because that's how he's being used. Um, yeah. So I guess let's, let's go back. Right. Enough. I guess Dylan Peters talk. <laughs> it's, if it's not Chrome Peters, right. What do we have to talk about? Uh, So let's talk sure. again. we talked about Zach Thompson. Great outing. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed yeah, with him. Really, really you good were at running. the game, yeah. so I mean, let's let's get your analysis, Jim. You were there scouting him. What did you see? So he got
0: in like a little bit of trouble in that first inning, and and I was like, oh, this is i was like this could go bad. Uh, but then he he got out of it. So and then after that first inning, he just rolled. Um, I don't think he gave up a hit from that point forward. Um the Reds had let's say the Reds had a hit in the first, but they didn't have any more. The rest of his start. Uh, I would I didn't know about his illness until after the game. So, you know, I was a little disappointed they took him out. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was less than 80 pitches, clearly just mowing hitters down. Um, but at the same time, I also thought Peters would be able to go out there and provide like an inning or two. And then especially with that, lead, you know, that you still
1: felt comfortable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that that didn't happen. So I was OK with the decision. Um, but no, he he looked great. Um, <clears throat> not much to talk about because, you know, when you're there, you can't really see like what pitches he's throwing. I couldn't really tell what pitchers you're throwing or where the location is and all that. But um, from that first from that second inning on, there was the Reds just. I had absolutely nothing going on offense. So uh, yeah, shout out to him. We need to see more of that because, you know, I think there were definitely some expectations put on Thompson. Like I know we, we weren't really sure. We didn't really think that he was going to come out here and be 2021 Zach Thompson again. Like, I don't think we necessarily thought that, no. but I think we did, but I think we did think like, Hey, there, there is something here maybe, you know, based off of that year that you know he could at least be like competent. Um, and up to yesterday, he, he wasn't competent. Like he was one of the worst pitchers in baseball. Right. Um, so yes, let, let's, let's hope yesterday kind of gets them back on track.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I can go as far as what you're even saying. It could, again, it could just be me. Like I really didn't have many high expectations like at all for Zach Thompson. I just oh, don't get me, me wrong. wrong. I didn't either. Yeah. He's he's a guy and he like this team needs innings and he can provide innings, and that's pretty much as far as I put him. Um like like on a scale of intrigue, like you know, I could see through my my fingers here. So mm-hmm. I guess there was a level of intrigue per se, but yeah, it wasn't high. Um and albeit like yesterday's start was really fantastic, you know. Um, but I still am not like a firm believer in Zach Thompson. Um, but yeah, like he did have some swinging stuff, miss uh, stuff. Like he threw his cutter a lot, six whiffs on it. He had twelve for the entire outing. Like, but again, it is this like the Cincinnati Reds lineup. We did have a little game, right? You gave us some names, yeah. and we had no idea who they were for the most part. Yeah. So, and like, I'm not trying to poo-poo on him in this sense, but it was the Cincinnati Reds. Outside of this, he's been very bad. I'm not looking at this. Where it's like maybe this is the turnaround of a season, and maybe we're getting the old Zach Thompson. But it was good, and I'll give him the praise on that sense. Um, but like as far as starting pitching, okay, like in this series, like there was Zach Thompson, there was JT Brubaker. Also, like that's another one who I was a little bit disappointed with. Like he had a a pretty solid outing, which didn't turn out to be too solid for him then. Um, and then there was also Mitch. Keller, who did not have a solid outing. So again, like the Zach Thompson, you know, this is like our talk about Mitch Keller last time. Like he had a really, really good start. Can he build upon it? You're facing the Reds, this bad lineup. So you would imagine that Mitch Keller could turn it around. And he was Mitch Keller. So yeah, like other like starting pitching, like there's two actual pretty good outings, and then there was a Mitch Keller outing. The, uh,
0: the Keller outing was almost the one that got the first win. like if he could have just gotten through that fifth inning, he would have he would have been credited with a win um but yeah, he did not look good um way too many base runners. like the thing with Keller is it's it, you almost just look at that walk number and like if it's zero or one, it's a good start. If it's more than that, it's not um and saturday it was more like he he can't walk that many batters like i think he could have gotten away with just those hits that he gave up but when you add in three more walks it it doesn't work it's not not gonna work um i will say like so pitching one thing one guy we didn't talk about saturday um i want to touch on him max kranich made his season debut saturday um and, and like I always forget that Max Cranick is like he's only twenty four. Like he's one of he's one of the youngest pitchers on this forty man roster. Um, and I think the Max Cranick that we saw on Saturday was not the Max Cranick that we're used to seeing. Uh, like he didn't he his command he obviously was off with it. But I was very I was interested from what I saw from Cranick. And his uh, his stuff, like it was a different. He looked like a different pitcher than the first time I saw him. From what I remember of him, he was pumping ninety eight. Yeah, you know which we I don't think we ever saw that from Max Cranick before. Um, he looked intriguing. Like I, I tweeted out, I was like, you know what, the, the command was pretty pretty iffy. Like wasn't great. But this Max Crannick stuff that I saw, like he—he's got my interest. Like he's—I'm—I'm I'm now looking at Max Cranick and being like, okay, show me a little bit more here because I—I want to see more of that. Uh, he—he's got some intrigue on me now. I'm, I'm intrigued.
1: To that, me, that,
0: that little—this is your Zach Thompson intrigue. My my Max
1: Cranick intrigue is like it's—it's it's there. Uh, he's got my focus. Right. Well, I guess I'll put it into this similarity, right? And it's not a perfect scenario, but the intrigue is much to me like the Mitch Color intrigue. Like something changed. and It was his velocity. It, his velocity has really creeped up. Like he's pumping it now, right? The difference is we've seen Mitch Color time and time again where it's at the point it's like, yeah, great. So this is the next thing that changed. Show me something. You know, I'm not going to really buy into it. Where Max Kranick, we haven't really seen, like, you don't have that bad taste in your mouth where every offseason you hear something new and it's still the same Max Kranick. Like, he has done something different. You've never really seen this before. So, like, you're saying, like, now you're intrigued. Let's see what happens. Let's see the results. And, like, on top of it, you said, like, the command wasn't really there. And sure, but it's his first, you know, start in the majors this year. Like, he's coming out, like, like, I can get maybe this is butterflies, maybe, maybe whatever, right? Let's see how he settles down. Let's see his performance going forward. I'm with you. Though, like I am intrigued. Just hearing what Max Kranick was doing as he was coming back from his rehab and he was pumping that in the minors. I was like, you know, where's this come from? <laughs> this is this is pretty cool. So I'm with you in that sense, you know. Whereas last year he was averaging 94 in his fastball. Yesterday he averaged 96. Right. So like you definitely see the velocity there. Um, just this is another guy who's probably gonna get ample opportunity because this Pirates yeah. rotation and bullpen stinks. So let's see more of Max Critic. Let's see this intrigue, you know, turns into something viable and and I'm, I'm for it. Yeah. And it, he,
0: it's kind of interesting that they brought him up as quick as they did because he was like, I feel like he just got activated off the IL two weeks ago. Was it three like starts?
1: That? I think. And like 12 innings pitched, I think or something like that in the minors.
0: Yeah, so you almost like kind of would think that he would—he's pitched eight, so four games, three starts, eight and two-thirds innings in the minors. Um, So he didn't really get built up a lot down there. Uh, His longest start. But I thought that's
1: where you had to get built up. I thought you had to be in AAA to get built up in innings and such. Like that's what I've been told for weeks upon weeks. Right now. I'm confused, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't I think that I could happen it. in the majors. Thought it was illegal. Mm-hmm. Part of the CBA. Right. You had to do it in triple A. Right.
0: Um, three innings <laughs> pitched was his longest, was his longest outing down there. Um I, I wouldn't I you not know, so so with three innings pitched, he probably, I don't know if he's slated to start a game. I wouldn't mind seeing him start a game and let it go from there
1: at this point right he'll get his opportunities i'm sure this year i am with you so the one thing we will say for sure though is at least we had some curiosity you know as you point out it's probably just because he hasn't pitched but like when zach thompson came in out of relief that one game last week now we clearly know he's still in the rotation so like that's not going to change. So there isn't like really a spot right now for Cranek, but it's again if he's showing something out of this you know, bullpen, it's not as if most of these starting pitchers are showing anything to keep him from going into the rotation. So yeah, I think yeah, he'll I get mean, a shot. One, I think it's one of those things where like if they want to give him a start, they can give him a start.
0: There's there's no one in this rotation outside of uh, Quintana who's like nailed down his spot in this right. Staff.
1: And it's like even if not that, maybe he's used as like an opener per se or something like maybe he becomes the next Will Crow, Dylan Peters type pitcher, whether an opener or like a mid-three innings, you know, outing he gives you. But that's what he can provide, hopefully as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's basically what he did on Saturday. He came in with the lead in the sixth and pitched a scoreless sixth and seventh. So he kind of did that
1: did that dylan peters Wilcrow type role yep so definitely some intrigue on Kranick. i mean i guess if we we're gonna stick with the bullpen just talking you know bringing up names like just bednar just looks undefeated. he's so good like, he's just amazing
0: <laughs> he's very good um Chris Stratton, another guy where like the ERA is and probably where you want to see it, but he's also actually looked pretty good this year, I think. Yeah. Um I, I'm not worried about those two guys at all. But Same. David Ben David Bennar is just nasty. Just nasty.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're both they're you know, I'm not gonna lump Stratton into Benar. Benar, like you say, is just he's a he's elite. Yeah, Stratton is good. Level. And the like the ERA worried me some this year to the degree as if, you know, I, I was just concerned. I had to look at stuff because of the ERA and like he was giving up these runs. But like when you do look at his numbers and such, like as you've even mentioned too, like there really isn't anything different from years past. So probably just, you know, blips on the map. But right, like he also has looked good these past few outings still. So yeah, like I'm not too worried about Stratton, even though he has a four, seven, six ERA next to his name. But Bednar just looks absolutely filthy. Like he is, he's that next. I mean, again, like the one thing the Pirates have had for a decade plus is just like elite closers. And he just looks ready to fit that bill. Like he is just going to be this next elite closure the Pirates have that's just nasty and filthy. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's something about his fastball. Hitters can't pick it up you know because it's not like a, one of those fastballs where you look at it and it's like oh shit that's like a 100 miles an hour you know he's like 96 right but hitters can't touch it mm-hmm. so it's just something about it the deception the movement whatever it is you know it it it, it gets on people quick and people can't catch up to it he just he's there, there's there's just plenty of times where he just goes up there and he just goes Fastball, 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 sit down.
1: Yes. Yes. Like, he doesn't mess around. Like, he's just, here's my fastball. I mean, you talk about, like, that mentality of, I'm going to throw you this and you can't hit it. That's literally David Bednar. Mm -hmm. He knows no one can touch him. And it just bleeds through him, like, every outing. He goes up there.
0: Yeah. And they really can't. Like, they can't. They can't touch him. Like, I go back to that Cubs series where I feel like yes you know, Contreras, Wilson and Contreras. Contreras, where like he just he just pumped fastballs and Contreras had no chance of touching it, like just no chance. And you could tell Contreras was so frustrated. Like I think there was after the one like Contreras like threw his bat down. It's like because that's all he's doing. Like he's just like, here's my fastball, hit it. And they can't like they can't do it.
1: And the thing about that too, right? Like it's not just mm-hmm. the fact that he threw fastballs. You knew he was going to throw like in that like it, it was going yeah. to be a fastball. Wilson Contreras knew the fastball was coming. David Bednar <laughs> threw him the fastball, and still couldn't like it, it wasn't close. Yeah. He just looked silly every time. Yeah. right, like even on the year, like he's thrown at sixty five percent of the time. It's just I'm going up there and I'm throwing a fastball. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, it's – I love it. <laughs> I love David yeah. Metnard. It's it's so yeah, he great he, <laughs> that he's a pirate. He's from Pittsburgh. Like the whole mystique with it too, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I think what's great about it too is because we saw it, I think, in that Cub series, right? Like him being from Pittsburgh seems like for whatever crazy, dumb reason he had, he was a Pirates fan. And like he actually does hate the Cubs, right? Like he does hate the Reds. <laughs> Yeah, so it's even better seeing this because he legit has that blood in him. Or he hates these teams.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's 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 good. It's good to have. I'm happy he's on the team for sure. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, just just overpowering people. It's pretty. It's pretty fun to watch. Right.
1: Um. So, what else want to talk about? We have about ten more minutes here. Um,
0: gosh, Hayes with another good, a good, another good week. He's he's looking good. Um, I, he made a couple errors. I'm not really too worried about the glove, though. It's just it is what it is. Um,
1: is it safe to say defense, like I'm not worried either? But there's been more errors recently than I ever would have expected from Hayes. Like I'm not worried, but it's like. This yeah
0: is weird. so the the one thing like with defense is it's a skill that doesn't deteriorate like it's not it's not one of those things where it's like oh all of a sudden this guy can't play defense you don't really get lucky the looking to yeah yeah he's he's a good fielder not worried whatsoever those are anomalies like those are just those are
1: anomalies to me so it's not not a big deal um maybe that's why he had to sit it's yeah. just a mental thing right now. So want to see him like <laughs> hit the ball over the fence at some point. <laughs> like,
0: um, you know, he's still hitting the ball hard. So it's like oh, it's one of those things where like you don't really necessarily want him to change what he's doing right now because it's working really well. He's hitting the ball hard. He's getting on base. He's he's, you know, you look at his stack page and it's a bunch of red, like he, hit, he's, he's, his batted ball data all looks good except for the barrel rate. And, and it's because he doesn't get the lift on the ball, but I guess that's just like, we just have to be patient with that. <laughs> you know, that, that's probably what it's just going to come down to just need to be patient with them. Eventually that'll probably come. Uh, but right now, like, he's he's looking really, really good. One thing I want to point out with Hayes, too, is – let me get it here. Key uh, Brian Hayes will likely play his 150th game this week oh, of his nice. career. All right. So, this kind of let you know where he's at. With 145 career games, he's sitting at 4.9 war. He's probably going to pick up that fifth war sometime in those five days. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at somebody where in his first 150 games, five war. His first 150 games in the major leagues. And I was actually thinking about this yesterday because it, it just kind of popped in my head. I, I wanted to, I looked up that stat. Who was the last pirate who did that? Had a five war season? no. Five war in his first 150
1: games I was trying to come yeah, up I mean, with
0: somebody you,
1: you got to go back I feel like before 90 like, I mean I
0: I, mean, I certainly don't think Kutch, Kutch did Kutch might have had a chance but I don't I don't know cuz Cutch had 3.4 in 2009 with his first 108 and then he did 3.4 over a full season in 2010. Yeah. So like did he pick up 1.6? Probably not. In that, yeah, you know, that that probably not. Right. So then like I'm going back to what about like Jason Bay? Did Jason Bay do something like that maybe? That was another guy It kind of popped in my head and he definitely did not by the way. <laughs> um <laughs> he definitely did not yeah so like that's my thing like who who was the last pirate and i i, I want to try to find it to find this out sometime this week yeah five just, war and his first 150 games it wasn't kendall okay kendall wouldn't have been him
1: i mean let me put it this way <laughs> so like i'm going back to even bond's I feel like that's where you have to go back. I truly feel you have to go back that deep with this Pirates organization to find something like that. Like, I'm even looking at Bonds. His first 113 games, he had a 3.3 3 war. And his next season had 150 games right on the dot, and he had a 5.3 war. Right. And I, that's probably the closest. Like, I, I'm not going to do the math right now, but like, for that first 150 games, if you figure out the 113, like his next going for, like, it's probably close to five wins. Yeah, I feel like it's probably Barry Bonds back in 1986, 87. So that's how that's what you're saying. The words I'm putting in your mouth. Is Cabrian Hayes, right? Equal to Barry Bonds. We've already proven better than cut. You've already proven better than Jason Bay. Cabrian Hayes is Barry Bonds.
0: <laughs> I didn't what are you say laughing
1: that. about? Yeah, I didn't say that. It's no, you're, but you're proving it. <laughs> you're not saying it. You're just analytically proving that to be the case. It's fact.
0: You could analytically prove that K. Brian Hayes is Barry Bonds in his first 150 games. Basically, there
1: you go. Right. So far. Yeah. 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 K. Brian Hayes is Barry Bonds. Just put the period there. Sure. (laughs) Okay. That works. Now that we know that we have that to look forward to, and especially with this extension, I mean, dirt, dirt, cheap comparison, because all that means is two years from now, he'll be a seven-war player. And then three years from now, he'll be a 10-war player. Cabron Hayes. Facts. (laughs) <laughs> that's not what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> okay then let's move on but but pretty impressive pretty impressive it start is. to
0: Brian Hayes career. It is.
1: so that's that's my point it, it is because it, all factors come into place he had that amazing rookie start right he had the injured season last year you know so like you had all bits and pieces it wasn't just like he had this 40 game stretch of amazing baseball play and then normal. Like he had bad baseball play in there as well. So like, even though you're picking and choosing all the different seasons, he had like every season involved, like winter, spring, summer, fall was all yeah. in this, you know, like it was a makeup of everything. So I think it's a good evaluation at this point. And I think it also speaks to like what yeah. he is. Like we talk about like the defense alone, just his defense, he's going to be a three war player. So he's showing yeah. you right now. It's five, five war over 150 hundred for the games. It's pretty solid. Very solid. Yep.
0: Yep. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to bring that up
1: before we, well, before we hopped off. Yeah. You're all yes. Anytime you can bring up and say, improve that like your Brian Hayes is Barry Bonds. I think it should be brought up. So thank you, Jim. You're welcome. Should we wrap this up just by stating or was there anything else that you wanted to bring up beforehand? That's it. Let's let's wrap this up just by stating: O'Neill Cruz on fire this weekend. So his past thirteen at bats: five hits, two singles, a double, a triple, a home run, two walks, one strikeout, a stolen base. He hit the ball 113 miles per hour twice in the game. I'm not saying it's you know it's three games call up today right now. However, Jim, I know you're a big proponent. Like Once he gets hot, get him up here. Are we getting there? Yeah. I think the other thing,
0: too, to look at is, let's see, 10, 16, 21, 25. 25 plate appearances last week, only two strikeouts. Mm-hmm. So he's clearly, yeah, he's seeing the ball better clearly seeing the ball well with two 113 mile an hour hits back to back, um, on Saturday. So yeah, man, I'm, I am done with seeing Cole Tucker in this lineup every day. I don't want to see Cole Tucker again. I don't want to see Josh Bandmeter again. We have O'Neill Cruz sitting in triple a, I
1: want to see O'Neill Cruz. I don't want to talk about Cole Tucker ever again. He just, it's sad. Like every time you talk about Cole Tucker, you have to do this because personally, I feel bad for the dude. Because personally, I think he's probably a really awesome guy. Like, and, and as bad as he is, just seeing him talk about his mom yesterday on Mother's Day and this and that. Like, He just seems to be a very upbeat guy and just a really, really cool dude. And I would probably love to hang out with him. Yeah. I mean, at least for a couple's date, but I would probably really like to hang out with him. You know, like he just seems like that dude. And you want to. A double date would be good. Yeah. It would be fantastic. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But, you know, like he just isn't good. Like facts are facts. He is not not Barry Bonds. When you look up his numbers, no. there's no 150 game span you can make that comparison to. So, it's just, he's not good enough to be on this team. I'm sorry. And with that said, he's got to go. He just has to. So, get O'Neill Cruz up here. Yeah. I'm for it.
0: Yeah. He uh, he hasn't walked yet this year. Cole Tucker.
1: And he's striking out like 40% has, of the time. He had a three-way to run creative plus before that Second doubleheader game,
0: which he doubled in, yeah, yes, I think, yeah, it's at 13 now. His weighted runs created plus, it's at 13,
1: which is terrible, but like it was also at three beforehand.
0: Somehow, he's only played 16 games this year, but his war is negative (laughs) 0.7,
1: like, and that's another thing, so bad. He's also had blunders defensively. Like, if there's at least one thing you could say, like at his natural positions, right? There's one thing yeah. you could say his defense was standout. Like, he's a glove guy. Hopefully, the bat comes, and he really hasn't been either.
0: So I mean, here's the other thing with Tucker. Like, he does have an option left. Are you to mm-hmm. the point where you're not
1: even optioning him anymore? Like, you're—is he done? I mean, I'm still gonna option him per se. Yeah, but. If if the if it works out, you know, like I felt like if, if he had the he was on the chopping block. He, he had a real chance of being DFA'd because they had to add a catcher. Like they had to add Michael Perez. This whole show is called "Where's the Depth," and we didn't even get into it. <laughs> oh well, we'll save it for next oh well. time. Yeah, because I had some things to say. But anyways, like Michael Perez is that depth. He was the only player who wanted to do anything yesterday. Apparently, yeah, basically. But um, right, like. To add Michael Prez, you had to DFA someone, and I really felt Cole Tucker could have been that guy, and he wasn't. It was Sam Howard, which is not like Sam Howard's good, but not as Cole Tucker. And you have many of those guys, but you don't have many arms to go around. But regardless, he survived it. So it was like if, if O'Neill Cruz comes up, I can certainly just see Cole Tucker as being an option instead of DFAing because at this point in time, like who are you going to add to the 40-man? Unless you have to add a pitcher but just make it ronzy yeah (laughs) there you go so anyways um yeah that's how I, i am too like i'm over cold talker but unlike anthony alford he'll probably still be in the organization once we're done with him until next year okay all right well let's get out of here then we'll skedaddle yeah Pirates have a nice Dodgers series coming up. And then they get to play the Reds. So I don't know. Yeah. Happy Monday,
0: guys. Maybe they can at least steal one from the Dodgers. I'm good with that.
1: I'd be good with that. Sounds good. All right. All right. Let's get out of here. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. See you guys.